Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. My name is John. I'm one of the pastors on staff at the Ridge, and our vision is to bring the hope of Jesus into every home. So as a piece of that, our goal each week is to bring you something that's hopeful and helpful. So subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any hopeful and helpful conversations. Well, hey, everyone, and thanks for listening to this episode of the Ridge Podcast. If you find today's episode hopeful and helpful, then please follow or subscribe and then rate and review so that more people can find the conversation. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to give us a follow and turn on notifications so that you don't miss any conversations. Now, I'm really excited to share with all of you uh, a chat that I got to have with our lead pastor of the Ridge, Mark White. This last weekend, Mark shared with all of us uh, our new vision goal as a church. And then this is the thing that we are really striving to accomplish, and it is God-sized. Our vision goal is to help 5,000 people find Jesus by the end of 2030. So if you missed it, I'd encourage you to watch the message on YouTube or to listen on the podcast where you can catch uh, a lot of details about that. Uh, but in our conversation today, we're going to dive into a little Q&A session where we ask more questions about why and how. And this conversation does include some really great stuff about how we keep our hearts in the right place as well that I think you'll really enjoy and benefit from. But this is my conversation with Mark. Well, hi, Mark. Thanks for coming on to the Ridge Podcast. I always love it. It is funny to introduce you to the Ridge Podcast, being the founder of the uh, the Ridge. <laughs> well, I did notice when you were submitting your top three listen to podcasts for 2023 <laughs> that I was nowhere to be found on that list. Yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll uh, keep closed, we'll, uh, keep under the vault what numbers four through ten were. But, yeah, uh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure I was on there somewhere. Well, hey, man, I, I I wanted to surprise you a little bit with this, but uh, so 21 days of prayer and fast, fasting, mm-hmm. you know, we've been encouraging people to sign up and kind of join us in that journey. You mentioned your goal was 600 people to join us. I just yeah. checked. We're at 599. Oh, come on. So, I so we got time. So if you're listening to this right now, text PRAY to 414-509-0339. Wow, that's right. That's, that's, that's so cool, that. man. I, I tell you what, that is so, that's that's man, that's great stuff. Yeah. I, I love that. that yeah, you know, exciting. And, and I was just praying for this morning as we kind of kicked it off officially, you know, and as reading my, you know, 21 days devotional thing that I sent to my phone. And I was just going like, you know, God, just, I just praying for all those who would sign up and that this would just, they would just experience God in a deeper way. And uh, this would just be a cool thing for them, uh, deepening them faith wise individually and us as a church. I just think, I, I think that's just really cool. Mm. It, yeah, before we before we dive in with all the the vision um, Q and A, I'm curious. Like, as you're just you mentioned just a little bit, but I'm curious if I mean I know you've gone through the 21 days of prayer and fasting uh, a few times. What has that experience been like for you, and how has that like impacted you? Yeah, I think what I've learned about it, John, is every year I try to do it. I try to build on it and, uh, and, and stretch myself with it. Okay. Yeah. And I've also learned that my reason for doing it, I always have to check the reason for doing it. Okay. Because I think like most of us we're like, okay, God, uh, we have certain wants and needs that are right there and pressing. Okay. We all do. It's normal. Yeah. And I don't want to do it for that alone. My main priority, and this is the checking thing is God, I, I just want to know you in a deeper level. And, uh, and if I know God at a deeper level, I always know that then the other stuff takes its proper place as important as it is, 
but it doesn't become the most important. And so, and I just think there's just, when that shift begins to happen in us, it's, um, it's just a very significant shift. And so for me, I'm always going that. So, and then I've always, I've also taken it from the standpoint of, I don't look for quick things to happen. I mm -hmm. see it in, it's a marathon sort of thing. And so uh, I've often, when I go to the end of the year and I look back at certain things that I was praying for, uh, oh God, there, oh, hey God, oh. And then that's when I start to notice like, man, God was really doing some things. I really believe that this time laid the foundation for that. I love that. And I mean, what a cool way to lay foundation, right? With just saying like, God, I'm giving it to you first. You know, you're, you're my priority. We that's can awesome. never go wrong there. Yeah. Can't go wrong. Well, there. well, hey, why don't we dive into talking about the vision, the vision goal? Mm -hmm. uh, I know this has been something that you've probably been like chomping at the bit to be able to share with, with the church as a whole. Cause I know we've, with the, the Steve, released to the staff first and then you least to kind of just like progress out until all of a sudden it's like, Hey, we're going after this thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and so maybe we could just start, would you share like, okay, why was this something that was important to you? And then why do you think it's an important thing for the Ridge as a whole? Yeah. I, um, I have been restless for a while. Uh, and restless from the standpoint is I, and I shared the story uh, this past weekend is, you know, I, I think it's important when we talk about vision that uh, we really pursue God's vision for uh, our churches, okay? Mm. And uh, because we're called to make disciples, they're the same but different all at the same time. In other words, that's going to play out or look different within the individual churches because each church is unique, and that's the beauty of how God, when he raises up churches. Okay, so before COVID, I really felt like uh, we were, our, our team was just pressing into some things and going like, okay, God, long-term, what do you really want us to do here to uh, help more people uh, discover life in Jesus? And so um, then when the COVID thing hits, paused everything, it was like 18 months into this, it, it was like, okay, are we, are we gonna, are we just gonna continue to sit here or we're watching our culture crumble and people struggle and it's not getting better. I, I said that this weekend. I've never heard someone say yeah. in the past, couple weeks, man, things are just getting better out there. No, it goes in the opposite direction. And then it's finding like that restlessness just continued to just grow and grow. It's like, okay, God, what do you really want to do here? And uh, are you just waiting for some people to go raise their hand and go, God, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And uh, cause I know that God, he, I believe he wants to do something significant in this community. I really do. And so, um, I think that was kind of the, the, the genesis behind it. Now, why is it important? I think it's important because God through God takes churches through different seasons, just as he takes people through different seasons. Okay. And uh, some of the, sometimes that season is a season of growth. Sometimes that's a season of building into so it can grow. Yeah. Uh, but I really felt like we were in, getting ready to step into a season where God wanted to, to grow us. And uh, so that also was a, a part of it. Uh, as as far as why this was so important, yeah, yeah, I remember, and we can we can talk about that. So fi it's five thousand people, uh, five thousand people would find Jesus by the end of of twenty thirty, mm -hmm. and I remember first hearing that number and being like, "Ooh," because <laughs> I have some context, right? I I help manage like when when the text comes in and people are like, "Hey, I'm following Jesus," and so I'm like five thousand people over the next uh, six years, and that's that is that's that's a big goal. Um, but I also know that like, it's not just this number that exists that we threw on the wall, right? It's, mm -hmm. um, 
there's people behind that. There's just so much more to that. I, I'm curious, could you give us maybe just like for some perspective, what does the number 5,000 mean? Um, and what could that do for our community? Yeah, well, the reason why you had the reaction that everybody else had is because, yeah, that's a God-sized goal. Yeah. And uh, if if you haven't listened to the message or seen it, I, I drew the faith circle idea. And then what does it look like to live outside that circle? That's when we're that's when we're putting ourselves out there. And this is like what God is capable of doing. If we're yeah. willing to just reject things like safety and comfort and go, okay, God, we're all in, we're all in. And if, if you hear 5,000 and go like, Ooh, that's huge. That should be the reaction. Okay. I mean, I mean, that should be, uh, the number is significant because if you look at a reference point, hundred to 200 a year is really good. Okay. And so now we're talking obviously a, a lot more than that. I think it's, I think it's significant because it's it's us going to God. All right, God, we're going to draw a line in the sand and we're going to get very, very serious about what you've called us as a church and as Jesus followers to do. Because our hearts are fully aligned with you and we know the Father's hearts. Father's heart is for people who don't know you. And uh, so 5,000 is significant, but the posture and the steps that we take from here are even more significant. Because I think we are fully getting behind and fully raising up our hand and going, God, we're in, and we're going to align with what matters to you. We really are. So yeah. So what do you mean by posture? Uh, I think, I think when we follow Jesus, there is this internal battle that we all face, and and the internal battle is a cultural battle from the standpoint of our culture and we were growing up, and it's like, how does this benefit me? Uh, what does this mean for me? How do we become a better blank? Okay. And that's all okay because yeah. I think following Jesus does benefit us. Yeah. And I think we do become better at, you can fill in the blank. All right. I mean, I'm a better dad because of it, husband, all that stuff. All right. But if that's all there is, then we're missing out on what it means to follow Jesus. I mean, we, we just are because there's more to it. He's called us to be a part of what he's doing in our, in our life and in our world. And uh, once we step into that, uh, there is just some amazing things that we will see God do in our own lives that we can't experience otherwise. And so, feels like such a feels like such a bigger like view of of who we are and how God wants to use us as well, too, right? Oh, it is. It, and and God's plan has always been to get to people. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the story of the Bible. God's plan is to get to people, and uh, the invitation is He's going to use people to get to people. And so when we, once we tap into that, man, we are just, it's, it's the sweet spot of God. Life just looks different for us. It really does. Okay. So, uh, you know, we've chatted a few times on here about like my generation and how we feel about, uh, about institutions, how we feel about big organizations, you know, and, and one of the things that's, you know, like I said, particularly for my generation is like, there's like this distrust, uh, particularly I think around the idea that it's all about what you can do for the organization or in our case, the church, right? So, okay. All you, you can do, but it's all about this. It's, uh, what, how do we meet the bottom line? It's like, we're going to cut corn. We'll do whatever it takes to meet that. Right. It's kind of like the viewpoint. And I think there's a, there's a cultural thing to that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I, but I know that that's not our intention and that's what, not what we're doing. But how do you differentiate those two and make it so that's it's that's not the case? Yeah, I I always and not in a derogatory way, okay. When I say this, I always laugh <laughs> when I hear that, okay, because 
It's like, oh, it's a numbers thing. Churches only care about numbers and all that stuff. And okay. And I laugh because when I read the New Testament, uh, they seem to care about numbers. 3,000 made a decision to follow Jesus. You look a couple, 5,000 now are following Jesus. They talked about feeding the 5,000 and 4,000 and 100. So we see that numbers were obviously very important to the New Testament writer. So I, I always kind of laugh at that, okay, because that's never brought up into that, that comment. But now numbers for numbers sake, all right, is not good. Okay, so it's numbers for we pat ourselves on the back or we're doing it uh, out of pride, impure motives, whatever that may be. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think that's well said. But for us, when we 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 put a number like 5,000, and this is where I said, we got to personalize this a bit, okay? Because I see this as 5,000 individual year one stories and uh, unique year one stories. And because every person... And that 5,000 represents a story and a life change and something that we get to be a part of. The other thing about other thing about numbers that's important is, is we, we use numbers because it allows us to see a couple of things. How are we, are, are what we doing bearing fruit? If not, then we need to take a look at that. I think that's a stewardship issue as well. I mean, you know, yeah. we, we want to make sure that that is. Um, but for us, this number doesn't represent building the ridge kingdom. Uh, this really is, and I use this example. I talked about this couple that my wife and I just love dearly, don't know Jesus. We've been investing in for a while. If And we hope that this happens during this season, that they become Jesus followers, but they go like, hey, yeah, hey, there's a church closer to us. Okay, that's fantastic. It's a great church and you're growing as a follower. Perfect. Love that. Because it's really about God's kingdom, not about the ridge kingdom. And so if 5,000 come to follow Jesus and one comes to the ridge. Okay. That's great. <laughs> That's great. And they're growing and all that stuff. I'm happy with that. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that because I just, if we can see 5,000, if we can see that happen, I think we could see spiritual renewal in our community. I really do. What is that? Uh... I mean, let's talk about that for just, just a second, like spiritual renewal in the community. What do you think that looks like? Yeah. Spiritual renewal. I would define it as there is a, there is a move of God in such a way that, um, on a grand scale, there is a turning to him mm-hmm. and, uh, it's, we can't create that. Okay. We can put ourselves in position for that. I mean, I, I can't create 5,000 people finding Jesus. I can't strategize that to the point. I can't do any of that. We can yeah. put ourselves in positions for that. And uh, just with what we do, our heart posture, all that stuff, our sacrifice, our willingness to take steps, all that. But ultimately, God's got to be the one to move from our movement. Mm-hmm. And uh, so spiritual renewal is we do those things, but God moves in such a way that we just see just this extra move of God. We're like, whoa. And we get people turning to God at a level that's not the normal level. And mm-hmm. so that's what we're hoping to see. I love that. Okay. So maybe we can, like you mentioned, the, uh, hey, we got to we gotta do our stuff too, though, right? Mm-hmm. Like we got to make sure that we're, we're doing the things we can do so that, uh, so that God will bless it you know, to say it a different way. Right. You know, you look at the story of the Jesus feeding the 5,000. He needed that. He, well, maybe he didn't need, but he used the, that, uh, the, the fish and the loaves in order to yeah, feed. Right? God never needs. Yeah. He wants and invites. <laughs> there we go. 
There you mm-hmm. go. Uh, so, okay. So what is the ridge? Um, and maybe we'll make this uh, specific. Uh, uh, like uh, what, what does this mean for like, I'll call it uh, the way things used to be or the way we used to do things. Like what, what does that mean for some of those things? Cause I know those are the things that sometimes get tied close to the heart and it's like, yeah. Oh, but, but this means there might be some change. Yeah. And I think one of the, there will be. Okay. Yeah. And we always assume change is bad. Okay. And there is some change that's bad. You know, as we know, we know that. Um, but I think one of the, the concerns that we have is, well, is the ridge going to lose what, uh, what, what we love about it? Okay. Cause it's, cause it's looking at something that's a bigger vision and all that stuff. Is it going to be impersonal? Is it going to be all about the numbers and all that stuff? Okay. So there's some things like that, that are valid concerns. I always tell people this, we hope that God moves in such a way that a lot of the things that we're talking about all happens is because the current people that attend the Ridge and are taking steps at the Ridge, that they begin to take uh, more steps with the Ridge and they grow in a way that they tap into God's heart for what we are calling your one. And we use that phrase, anyone outside our family doesn't know Jesus. And so we see this internal movement going on inside the Ridge. We hope to launch more churches and campus as a part of this. Well, we hope that those, those future leaders come from within the Ridge. And that we are able to raise and develop them and then send them accordingly. So I look at it as we are placing the ridge heart in more spots mm-hmm. and in more places. So actually we'll have more of it. Plus, you you become a part of a church where you're seeing life change like this happens. Guess what? You don't want to miss church then. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to want more of it. And uh, because, man, it is so, such a powerful thing to be a part of that uh, the way things used to be, You'll go like, I don't want to go back there, even though I like that. Man, this is so much better. I think yeah. that will actually, that phrase will be used in a way that maybe people <laughs> aren't expecting, hopefully, at this time. You know, it is really interesting. I do think, uh, and I don't mean to, I, I'm not saying this to criticize these uh, people that feel this way, um, but I think it is illustrative. There are times where I've heard, you know, as a church has grown, people will say, yeah, I kind of looked around and all of a sudden I, I didn't. I didn't know as many people or I didn't recognize as many people. And I think to me, um, if you're somebody who is investing in your ones and they're coming with you and they're mm-hmm. making decisions to follow Jesus, all of a sudden you're looking around and and maybe there's new people there, but there's people that you like invested in to help them find Jesus. Think about that. Like encourage me like, oh yeah, I know why that person's here, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it changes. Yeah. I, you don't talk about that anymore. Okay. Yeah. And uh, because now all of a sudden it's personal mm. and the way you see church is just different then because you see it through their eyes. Yeah. All right. Right now, without that, you're seeing it through our own eyes. Yeah. And that's why I think a part of that, when you hear, Hey, the way it is, or I'm worried about this, there's a protective, there's a tension between being protective of, of the culture yeah, and things like that. And also being selfish. All right. There's the tension point. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's an important tension point. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and I think this is where it's like, okay, are, are you being protective of, Hey, we want to make sure. And there's a solution to that. That is invest in your one and do, okay. Then you'll protect the culture. Yeah. Selfish part is, well, this is what I want for me. And I don't want someone sitting in my seat and I don't want that. Okay. That's just selfish. And that's, that's a sin issue. And that's something between God and you that you, you got to work out because God wants to use you and he can't use you if selfish, the center of it is self. 
And, uh, and so I, I think there's a tension there. There is. And I know this is a little off the cuff on the terms of that, but I'm curious, do you have anything that you'd encourage somebody to think through or pray through as if they're wrestling with that? Because if there is this uncomfortability in that mindset, right, you're right. That is something that we should like be aware of that, notice that, and then work through that. Yeah. I think to be open to being aware of selfishness is such a spiritually mature thing. Most people, they just dig in and it's like, no. And then they justify the reasons for, uh, you know, like pushing back. And we're talking about reaching people far from Jesus, let's just say. And in the church yeah. world, it's very common for then um, church people to go, well, but what about us? Okay. What about us? Yeah. Very common, all that stuff. If that's what you're saying, that needs to be a warning, a warning sign for you that there might be yeah. something else going on. Yeah. Okay. And so- just the fact that you can be open and humble enough to be aware that that might be going on in your life is very significant and very important. And so when you see that and warning signs like that, man, just repent of that and go, God, change my heart, change my heart, uh, change my heart. And then get to the root of the selfishness. And most of the time, here's what you'll find. It's fear-based in some way. There's a fear attached to it because our motives are going to be fear or love, either one. And selfishness can never be motivated by love. And so, uh, and so what is the real fear that's there? And then identify that and just help God just pull that out of you. And then just go, God, align my heart with yours, man. I, I want your heart. And when you do, you'll be so much happier than the, 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 the selfishness that's, that's driving your life at that point. I mean, that is, that's some good stuff right there, Mark. That's, that's tough, but that is like, I mean, you think about like trying to put yourself in a position where God can use you. Uh, to change people's lives. I mean, that is a root core thing that you got to work through. Well, it's, it, and it's hard. Okay. And so I yeah. get it. It's hard. It it does cause us to reprioritize some things and to push back against, yeah, but what about, and, and, it, and it really does. And that's part of this whole thing. That's important is that we are going to be challenged to look at some things and go, Hey, wait a minute. And that's going to mean less of what I want and more of, yeah, it is. And guess what that means? You're following Jesus. And you're going to like it better because it's pushing against the very thing that's holding you back. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of like the challenge element, what do you think is going to be required of us as a church, as individuals, uh, as we go towards this goal? Well, I, I think the 21 days of prayer and fasting, I mean, we did this very intentional because as we threw this out there, this wasn't, okay, everybody pray for God to reach 5,000. You know, that's not what 21 <laughs> days of prayer and fasting was about. It yeah. was, it starts with us and God doing a work in our heart. You know, we tend to look out at the, Oh, Hey, that means we got to help. No, no, no. We're, we're not, we're not going to talk about that right now for the next 21 days. We're just going to commit our lives to God. Mm. And uh, because it always starts with us and where our hearts are, where our hearts are with God at that point. And so we often start to look at the outcome and what does that mean? Nope. Here's what this means. Let's just get our hearts right with God. Mm. Let's set the sign. It's God in us and God, because if we do that, then God will begin to align our hearts with his, as we've been talking about. And then when that happens, here's what will happen. If you know your heart's been aligned with God, when we start talking about people find Jesus, your heart will start to beat and mm. it'll start to beat quickly and you'll be excited about it. And you'll go, God, I may not know how, but I want in, I want in. And so what does that mean for us? Take this 21 days. Don't worry about the outcome right now. Just commit yourself to God. 
put yourself in a place where you really want to take steps spiritually with God. And, uh, and here's the great thing, starting a new year, we all have steps that we can take, take yeah. those steps because here's now what we know, what we're talking about. And there's people that, that I believe that God wants to connect with. I think a part of that is directly connected with the steps that we take. Mm. And I think you can look at it as the opposite way. People go, well, that, that's kind of guilt. No, no, it's not guilt-ridden. It is just the reality of it. I always say when it matters, when we understand how much something matters, then we're more motivated to take the steps. Mm. And so our spiritual growth is directly tied to or can be tied to what God wants to do in someone else's life. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Because it works in ours and he's going to work in, in theirs. Yeah. And so I just think, like I said, just be willing right now to take out these, this time, set, set aside this time with your heart for God. And then from here, be willing to take steps. And then the third thing is identify your one mm -hmm. and be willing to go, who has God placed on your heart? Not as a project, but as a person that really matters to God, that God's already pursuing and after and doing work in. And then God, how can I be more intentional about being equipped to align myself with what you're doing in their life? I think it's just a powerful, powerful thing. I had, I, I don't remember that phrase, align myself with what God's doing in their life. That's really yeah. cool. Because so I think yeah. that really does, that really brings to heart the, because, you know, I think sometimes if you've been following Jesus for a while, you kind of, maybe there's some white noise to help them find Jesus. You know, that just kind of becomes a phrase, right? But when you take a look, when you think behind it, it's like, okay, help them in experiencing that hope, helping them like have this renewed marriage, their this ability to help their kids like in new ways. Like that whole concept kind of just shifts and I think refreshes it. At least it does in my mind. Yeah. One one of the things, John, I wish I would have had time to spend uh, this past weekend just kind of flushing out a bit is when it's so easy for us to hear, well, help 5,000 people find Jesus. So what does that mean I got to do? I got to, you know, like post things on social media. Here's how you follow Jesus or go to the neighbor's house, you know, whatever, and all that stuff. Share this you know? podcast. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's right. Um, man, I tell you what, no. What this means is because people are very, right now, they're, they're very close to following Jesus. And so what does this mean? It means this. When we say help, it means would you love someone enough to intentionally invest in a relationship with them. You mean so I can tell them about Jesus? No. So you could actually do what Jesus has called us to do and love people mm. and be very intentional about that. And, and as you do that, and as you begin praying for them and investing intentionally in that relationship, you will begin to see where God is working in their life. And, and it takes time, okay, depending on it is. But you'll get the opportunities and you'll see them. And then it's stepping into where those opportunities are to continue to help them take steps towards Jesus. And so it's a process. And I think it's loving people at the highest level. I love that. It's really powerful. Uh, okay. Uh, I want you to use your little, little time machine here for us. You, we fast forward or I mean, the Adam Sandler movie click, right? There's free royalties for them. Uh, if we fast forward to the, to the end of 2030 and we just hit 5,000 people and I made a decision, what stepping stones do you think we accomplished to make that happen? Like, was it a certain number of this or that, or what do you think happened? Yeah, we do. We, we hope to have planted, uh, two to three new campuses. Uh, we've hoped to have planted multiple new churches by that time. Uh, we have hoped to, we are looking at our in, international church planting and uh, our whole international strategy overall. 
to plant churches in places that are very unreached. Okay. So we'll have seen multiple plants there. Uh, we hope to have some doing some things. We talk about going to the spaces and places where people who don't follow Jesus are. I think we're going to see some things that God opens up for us, whether it be maybe neighborhood centered stuff or community centered stuff that um, we don't even know about yet. But it's going to be mobilizing people and then sending them and then things are going to be happening in, in those type of environments. I think we're going to have a fully functional, what I call leadership residency program. I always call it internally a leadership academy. Okay. But then says, no, no, it's a leadership residency. Oh, I get it. <laughs> but this idea, we're, we're, we're people who are feeling called at a higher level to be campus pastors, to be church planters, uh, to serve in kids ministry at, at that sort of level. Man, we can, we can, we put them in and they can be trained and equipped and then sent. And uh, we got a bunch of young leaders here, man. I think I, I just see now this, this, next generation, they're just, they're hungry for. And so I think there's going to be just a real move there as well. So this leadership residency will do it. So we'll have a fully functional leadership residency. And I think we'll have such, we'll start to see people, it's going to become a norm in our church where people go like, Hey, uh, I, Hey, I want to learn how to have better spiritual conversations. And then we have, we have something that's set up where they are constantly being trained and equipped on how they can better, better help and invest in their one. That's what I see. And I think it's just going to be really cool. Well, and I think that like, even what you're just sharing right there, I think backs up that mentality we talked about earlier, right? Where it's like, we are hoping we invest in people in a way and send them. You know, this is not a, how do we build up our kingdom? This is a, how do we help 5,000 people find Jesus? Um, which is a very uh, yeah. completely different thing. Yeah. This isn't how to get 5,000 people, a girl, the church's attendance by 5,000. Yeah. This is not what this is. This yeah. is how to get, people on mission. So 5,000 people are reached. Mm. Uh, I'm curious, the things you just mentioned, is there one in particular that you're like, that is the most exciting to you? Cause I feel like everybody has their own thing that they kind of latch onto. And it's like, Oh yeah, that thing. I'm curious well, if you I, have one I of those. Being a church planter myself. Okay. I mean, I love church planting. I love, so I love campus planting as well and yeah. all that stuff. So I love anything like that. I love the thought of uh, just some of, some of our, our, our young leaders in our twenties and stuff like that. I love just seeing them put in a place where they can explore calling like that into, into full-time ministry and maybe things like planting a church or new type of church, a digital church, whatever that might look like. I, I get really excited about just being a place where we can allow them to dream and God to speak into them and then just be innovative as far as him using them to create churches, build churches, reach people, all that stuff. I think there's just a lot of fun with that. I love it. That's really cool. Okay. So I'm sure that you have uh, sensed either yourself or you talking to people and people have mentioned these things to you uh, that this isn't going to be a nice, you know, Saturday evening stroll. Um, but maybe of course in, in Wisconsin through the snow, it's not that Saturday evening stroll might be, might be this. <laughs> uh, but what, what kind of major, op op what kind of major obstacles do you see kind of being in the way of accomplishing this? They're probably not what you think. Okay. I, I yeah. think there, there's two. There's an internal one and a theological one. Okay. okay. The internal one is we all have, we referred this, we called talked about selfishness earlier. Okay. But we all have yeah. this pull towards ourselves. You know, what does this mean for me? And as a Jesus follower, the Holy Spirit's going to lead us outside of that and push against that. And so there's that fight of, 
we got to change to what does this mean for me to God? What is this? What do you want to do through me? And uh, to help the people around me find you and discover you and experience forgiveness and life change and all that stuff. And that's an internal fight that every single one of us has to battle. I have to battle because you know what? I kind of like things the way they are. It's easier. Yeah. You know, leading, leading to this is complicated. It's going to push. Some people are going to get mad and they're going to leave and all that stuff. And for all, okay, that's just going to happen. But that in that inward fight, internal fight that we all have to go against is big. Okay. That's number one. Then the other second one's theological for me. At least I call it theological. Okay. And here's what it comes down to for me. Do we really believe and really believe in the gospel? Do we really believe it? In other words, this, do we really believe that sin separates people from God? Do we really believe that not just we need a savior? Cause if we believe we need it, that means everybody needs it, needs a savior. You know, do we truly believe that that heaven and hell are real places and that real people go there? And do we really believe? Because if we did, our culture says we're all good and everyone's fine and it's all that stuff and it doesn't matter and you believe whatever you want and all that stuff and all okay, all that. But do we look outside and when we hear that from culture, look out at our culture right now and watch it crumbling? That's where that leads. Or do we really believe in the gospel? That man. This is a result of sin. It separates us from God. And uh, God loves us. He sent a savior. We all need forgiveness through Christ. And uh, with him, we experience life with him here and now and forever. And life without him, we don't. And uh, if that that's a theological one that we got to wrestle with. And if we don't really believe that, then this doesn't really matter all that much. It's We're indifferent. We're indifferent. Like, yeah, no big deal. It's no big deal. It's all good. It'll all work, kind of work out in the end. But when you look look at Jesus and what he says, he seemed to feel very different. Mm. And uh, and so I think those are those are the two things. But everything we do and why we do it, we do it because we love people because God loves people, and uh, that's why we do it. So uh, you had me at theological, by the way. I was I you had Fair me enough. at that one. <laughs> okay, so. I think there's probably a lot of people who say, would say, yeah, I believe that, you know, like that's their gut reaction. Right. Uh, but I think that something happens when you kind of rest. In, uh, I don't know a better way to say that when you kind of like sit in that and think, okay, well, well, what does that actually mean? What does that mean for how I live my life? What does that mean for like me talking to my neighbors and my friends? Like, cause I feel like there's that, knowledge where you're like, if you pin somebody down on it, you'd be like, yeah, 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 I probably, I believe that. But how do we, is it keeping it in front of us? How do we, and maybe this is essentially, how do you follow Jesus? Uh, but how do we keep that in the forefront? Well, it's a couple of ways. One is we got to understand that when you look at the teachings of Jesus in the book of Acts, which we looked at this past week, everything ultimately that that Jesus did and that the early church did okay as they grew in their faith and experienced all the things that they did um it was to ultimately point people to Jesus so people could find Jesus that was the ultimate I mean that was it I mean we acts 247 and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved outcome of everything that they did yeah so we have to for many of us we have to shift what we think the ultimate outcome is of following Jesus that this is the litmus test. And it's not that we all of a sudden start running and going to our neighbor's house like we talked about before. It's it's really this discipleship is really about 
um, getting a heart for God and getting his heart. Okay. And when that happens, we know that that's happening when we move in that direction. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then we want to do these things. Not that it's, it's guilt or anything like that. Then, then, then we want to. Okay. And so, you know, the theological stuff. Yeah. I mean, that is a huge part of discipleship as far as that's concerned. And then, uh, and then back your question specifically was, I was getting caught in the theological stuff. No, I think, I think you nailed it. I think, you know, how do we keep that in front of us? How do we keep that acting on that? You know? And then here's the other thing with that I, I think is really important is just first off, evaluate where your heart is. Okay. Be honest. If you hear this and you push back, well, why are you yeah. pushing back? Okay. Um, I guarantee you it's not, if, if someone goes, well, the Bible says, yeah, I'll use the Bible all day long on this one. This is great. This is exactly <laughs> what it is. Uh, but if it's something else, it's okay. That's just, hey, this is the reality of where I am. You don't need to feel guilty about that. This part of this, like we're doing 21 days, man, we're really yeah. trying to give our hearts to God. Okay. And, um, and then the other thing is, is that this is not about living your life differently than what it already is. This is kind of really important. It is the things that you're already doing, going to the gym, um, going on vacation, where do you go out to eat? This is then seeing your life with such intentionality that every opportunity, every place you are is an opportunity to bless someone, um, show, show them that, Hey, this is what a follower of Jesus looks like. Cause you live differently. You tip differently. I mean, it is completely everywhere you go now, there's intentionality attached to it because there's someone going to be there that God is already working in their life. We don't see it because we don't open up our eyes, but now we're going to do it with eyes open. Mm. And, uh, it just looks differently then. Well, Mark, I I'm excited for the day that, uh, Maybe nobody else will, but I'll re-listen to this podcast and we'll be like, yep, that was just one step on our way to, on our way to 5,000. Uh, people make a decision, maybe more. We'll see what man, that does. So, man, I, like I said, I just, just, it would just, once again, I, I just, I, I think about some of my ones and I'm just going, and it, even before I gave the message yesterday, it was kind of fun because a couple of them were there. Okay. And, and I'm just going, oh man, come on. It's going to be such a great day when, um, you go, I follow Jesus and I get to dunk those buggers and man, I can't wait to hold them under that water for 10 seconds because of all the pain and struggle and all that <laughs> stuff, frustration, but man, it's all going to be worth it because uh, the life change and the ripple effect of that, man, I can't wait. That's amazing. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for, uh, thanks for sharing this with us. Thanks for answering some of these questions. And, uh, I know you're going to be doing some more through some zoom calls and, and chatting with people and yeah, come on board, ask the questions. We want to open it up and you might have ideas that we don't. So that's great. That's awesome. Love it. Thank you, Mark. Thanks again. Thanks for having me. I look forward to having it at the end of the year again. Well, that was my conversation with Mark and I hope you feel as inspired as I do. A few action steps for you. If you haven't signed up to join the 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting, you can do that by texting PRAY. It's P-R-A-Y to 414-509-0339. And we'll have that in the show notes as well. You can also sign up to join a Zoom call to ask your questions or help share some ideas of how to make this vision a reality. And you can find that link in the show notes as well, as long as the link to uh, our 
frequently asked questions, diving into some of these uh, topics as well. You can find that on our website uh, and the link in the show notes. But thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Ridge Podcast and make sure to follow and subscribe so you don't miss any hopeful and helpful conversations. Thank <laughs> you.